Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. That's some heavy shit for you, buddy. Hell yeah. I know you like it. I do. Fucking Project Sapient, guys. I want to say thanks to our thousands of listeners around the world. Thanks to our supporters. DCD Automotive, Till Valhalla, AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, partners at Profiles and Havoc, Fit Cops, 22 Mohawks. There's a lot more on our website. I don't even know if that's up yet, but it'll be up. Don't worry about it. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn. Yeah. Ivan's on LinkedIn, too. Forgot about We keep forgetting about that. I know. Ivan, I got to tell you, we've been having some pretty awesome guests. We just finished recording another one with an awesome guest. Yeah, you guys uh, have probably already listened to it by the time this one comes out. But Fucking yeah. super pumped, man. Yeah. But we got a really good episode today. I'm sharing a lot of information. Yeah, today, uh, so I've been uh, doing a lot of the uh, force science research uh, because I'm doing the uh, advanced analyst course. Weren't we advanced? Uh, because, you know, I'm trying to get edumacated um, <laughs> and all that good stuff. <laughs> uh, they, you know, they they put out some, I mean, these are doctors, these are, are, are professionals at the in their uh, experts in their fields of neurology, uh, uh, movement science, um, human performance, you name it, you know, they, they have it. And they do tons of research in terms when it comes to use of force, officers involved shootings, stuff like that. And uh, this this one that, you know, we did a little while ago, um, this one um, research that they conducted, uh, very interesting, I found. And uh, you guys are about to find out why. Uh, so this is the title of the um, research paper. So amb- it starts off, ambushes leading cause of officer fatalities when every second counts. And it's the analysis of officer movement from trained, ready, tactical positions. There's a whole lot of shit going on there, dude. Yeah. And here's here's the thing. So, so uh, we know that ambushes are have increased substantially. Mm-hmm. And these assaults, you know, they, they happen very quickly and... Sometimes uh, officers are not prepared for it, or most times officers are not prepared for it because it's the nature of uh, an ambush. Um, And what they ended up doing was they they wanted to do a study uh, to test the various tactical techniques when the officer, uh, uh, for them it is important to understand the speed of officer responses and any advantages officers may gain from various tactical techniques. So the purpose of this study that they did was to understand and examine officer movement times from various finger finger indexing positions. Giggity. <laughs> yeah. And uh, which we understand, if, uh, for those who don't understand uh, finger indexing, that basically means whether your finger is off the trigger, along the uh, the, um, the, rail. Uh, sl- the rail or, or what have you. Uh, so they, they did various uh, different uh, tactical positions. So... 
they did about four different experiments. Now, this is the first of its kind yeah. that they did. So the data is not 100% quantified just yet. They're still well, working on it. it well, look, and we want to explain this to even our listeners and our civilian listeners, right? There's it, Combat has been studied for thousands upon thousands yeah. of years, right? Yep. In every generation, there's been science. Yep. There's been experts of yep. the time. Yep. We have and, and science, just like medicine, is a practice. Yep. We're not gonna get to solving something unless we start with yeah, a study. A start, study. Yeah, exactly. And expand on it and keep going. Exactly. You know, a lot of these who is Lewinsky. Dr. Lewinsky who runs for science, he's like the head guy. I'm sure that, that Lewinsky and Disterheft yeah, and Bushy and Dix yeah, realize all, all doctors, I believe. Right. Yeah. I'm sure they realize that this is fluid. Yeah. You know, things in science can change. There's very few laws. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, the the laws of science are very interesting. <laughs> but we but we don't get to improve on ourselves and our profession. Yep. Unless we take a look at stuff like this. Exactly. And and that's the thing what I like about them is they go to, for the minute movement. Yeah. Because that's the thing, human performance. It's right. all about the fine motor fine gross motor skills, your eye movement your intentive uh, blindness, your uh, uh, everything. They factor everything holistically, like we always talk about. It's the holistic approach. I want to I throw myself into one of their studies so I can just fuck it up. They'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Oh, they, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> listen, they, they, they bring in like over 200 officers yeah, yeah, from yeah. their area. And yeah. I'm sure one of them did something like some sort of backflip. And they're like, you know what? You're out. We don't know what the fuck that did. That, that happened. Well, no, like I, I want to get into like even, you know, how they even, you were t saying it in one of the shows last time. They, they even take into account like your diet and yeah, your yeah. sleep yeah. and all that stuff. Like I want me after a 48 hour shift oh eating God. like shit. A hey, this is this is hot dog Pete. All I've been eating is hot dogs for forty eight hours. <laughs> Go in there with fucking hypertension. And oh, hot dog farts. <laughs> They'll be like, we can't do this study. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? No, yeah, yeah. They, they should, and I'm sure they did. They do in the study. They're not going to bring in the cop that's in tip top shape. No, they fucking, bring everybody. They yeah. bring in. They want that's amazing cops from every walks of life because that's to them again. That is uh, 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 quantifiable, that is measured, because if you only take the tip-top officer to do these studies, well, the, the, the numbers aren't going to be They're going to be skewed. They're going to be skewed. Yeah. So they, they want to test everybody. Uh, so Get into it, bro. Yeah, so uh, this research they did was back in 2015. So some of the stats are a little dated, but still re relevant to this day. Um, so uh, here's the thing, right? Uh, the International uh, Association uh, Chiefs of Police has brought uh, attention to the threat of ambush assaults. Uh, an ambush assault is considered to be an attack on an officer that contains the element of surprise, concealment of the uh, assailant, uh, the suddenness uh, to the attack, and the lack of provocation. So this is a study that was done by the FBI uh, from 2003 to 2012. 115 officers were killed and 267 officers were injured as a result of these types of attacks, these types of ambushes. Okay, while the ambush assaults may be premeditated, according to uh, Leoka, which is a law enforcement officers killed and assaulted report, over 68% of the ambushes that have occurred since 1990 have been spontaneous and unprovoked. That's, that's a high number. 68%. Wow. Unprovoked. That means the cop didn't say, go fuck yourself or whatever. It was, he was just, just sitting there. Sitting there, whether it's an FIO, talking back and forth, and all of a sudden the guy sucker punches. Well, him or let me ask you a question. Did, 
does it articulate whether, because that's very open-ended. Is it unprovoked, meaning he's sitting in his cruiser reading a newspaper, or FIOing and engaging in all, contact? All. So it's all combined. Okay. All combined. Okay. All combined. Listen, you're getting ahead of yourself. Why? I'm, just, I'm asking questions. We haven't started going through yet. yet. All right. My job is to ask questions. <sighs> all right there, lemonhead. <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> so um, they go on to say, although 35% of cases officers were attacked with an assailant's hands, uh, in over 36% of ambush assaults, officers were attacked with a firearm, greatly increasing injury and or death and rapidly increasing the speed at which the attack occurs. Alarmingly, the survival rate of officers caught in ambush situation is only 46% the survival rate, which you know why. They aim for our heads now. Yeah. They know we're wearing ballistic vests, so right. they go straight for the head. With such a low survival rate, the, th the threat of officers being hunted and attacked without notice gives one more of many reasons to emphasize the need for officers to be tactically ready, aware at all times, and uh, be able to effectively respond. So here's the thing. They, they, I mean, they go into a lot. And here's, here's some, some science, right? Here's science that they've done over and over. And you're yeah. not talking like maybe they did two or three uh, things. Now, they, these guys, they research videos they go frame by frame they right. dissect videos then they retest and again they're scientists they're retesting their hypothesis and all that stuff here's the thing so analysis of deadly traffic stops has demonstrated that a suspect in the driver's seat can draw a weapon and fire at an officer in as little as 0 0.023 milliseconds that's insanity with an average time of point Five three, so between seconds, it's a half a second and a quarter of a second. Exactly. Research examining sprinting mechanics has shown the average individual in their early twenties is able to cover a distance greater than fifteen feet in just over one second to and slash and stab an officer with an edged weapon. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I actually brought up the twenty-one foot rule. They actually laughed about it. They said that wasn't actually a rule. That was misinterpreted during... What do you mean? So the officer who actually talked about the 21-foot rule, it, it, he didn't want it to be a rule. He was just saying that to, uh, within that 21-foot critical gap, the officer has very, like, as a smaller second. it gets, yeah. as, as the distance closes, the officer has less time to react to it. So it wasn't a 21-foot rule. Right. It was just... He was talking more on trying the to human, make people aware. Yeah, it was more on the human performance side right. that at 21 feet, your and greater, the officer is more likely to be able to respond, you know, quickly and effectively. Anything within 21 feet, the officer is less likely to be able to draw their firearm. Yeah, and within every off. foot that gets closer to you, that yeah, that that's time, less time. Yeah. So I mean, here's the thing: 15 feet in just a second. It's crazy. People I mean, don't understand you know, that. that. That's the thing. And this is a young guy in their 20s, right? So if an individual attacking an officer had their finger on the trigger of a handgun and the handgun aimed, he or she would be able to fire once in 0.06 seconds. The actual travel time, which is the actual travel time of the trigger to break point. Yep. Think about that. 0 0.0 seconds. Yep. 0.06 seconds, sorry. 0.06 seconds. And then fire an additional round, another approximate quarter of a second, 
All the while, an officer is faced with a complex decision-making process comprised of movement pattern recognition and a choice response task that will take an average anywhere from 0.46, which I've talked about this, to 0.70 to begin the response. That's what uh, that I just highlighted it so we can repeat it. Yep. All the Go while, ahead. an officer faced with a complex decision-making process yep. comprised of movement, pattern, pattern recognition, and choice of response. That's what people need to realize. Yep. And here's not just that. Here's addition. Additional time, right? With the addition of movement time to bring the weapon yep. on target and then time to return fire, unprepared officers are immediately placed in a tactical disadvantage during an assault. Of As officer uh, survival rates during ambushes nearly double when officers take cover and are able to return fire. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where as officers, that's why we have that hypervigilance and we have to be ready for anything that, that, that happens. Uh, there's a great video. Um, I actually, I have it, um, of an officer who was conducting an FIO talking to someone. Uh, it was like a, um, uh, you know, a call for service, whatever it might be. He was outside the guy's house and they were walking together guy, uh, unprovoked, right? turns around to shoot the officer. He had a gun in his pocket, went to shoot the officer. You could tell the officer was tactically proficient and ready for it because I'm sure he played a scenario in his head over yeah. and over again, mentally prepping yeah. for a response. That, he, that officer had the flinch response, was able to knock the gun out of the way and took his gun, boom, boom, boom. Guy fell. His buddy started running towards the officer. Officer pointed the gun. The buddy stopped. The officer didn't fire. That is well-trained well -trained. officer right well -conditioned. there. Well-conditioned. Well-conditioned officer right there, mm -hmm. right? In order for you as, as a police officer, it is, and, and they say this, which I was, it's funny. I was about to say it, but they do say this in their study. It is pertinent that the officer be tactically and mentally prepared to respond at the earliest possible moment, along with tactical movement training, early threat detection, and pattern recognition can help ensure officers stay ahead of their reaction curve. That officer, the example I gave you, you could tell he was ready for it. You could tell that he rehearsed a scenario in his head <clears throat> throughout his entire career, you yeah. know, like, yep. you know, just ARing the shit out of himself all the time after calls, after yep. whatever. And he was able to beat the shooter by a simple, and, and you know, here's the thing, like when, here's the bullshit with DT tactics when, you, when you're out, out at the range, you know, hey, you're, you're at the three yard line. All right. Yep. Uh, push him out of the way and you're going to fire. How about just practice flinch response? It's push not about a way. push. It's not a palm heel. It's nothing. How about you just throw your hands up to block whatever's coming at you and, and work on that, getting the firearm out of the holster as quickly as possible and shooting as quickly as possible, where you're not waiting to bring it up to the target like a fucking idiot because that's not going to happen. You're going to start letting rounds flying. Here's the thing. As you're coming up. As you're coming up, <laughs> rounds are going. Right, right. You're not going to, like, I love seeing these guys that block, unholster, all the way up, and then fire. I'm like, what are you doing? You're call dead. A, call a spade a spade. Half of those guys like to do it just because it looks cool. Well, that's what it is because they want the, <laughs> they want the tiny hole. They want the fucking, they want to make sure that their target is like, you know, silver dollar and that's Some it. Some of the best shooting I've ever seen, and I'll say it with the rifle because I was very proficient with the rifle, but some of the best shooting I've ever seen with the rifle is guys that didn't care what their fucking, how they were holding their rifle looked like. Yeah. 
there was a lot of guys that had fucking amazing stances and a perfect grip and all that stuff. And you were like, wow, those guys are fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, but they're shooting is shit. But they're shooting with shit. But don't get me wrong. There was yeah. a lot that did have fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to say in, in a very nice way that it doesn't fucking matter. Unless your shit, unless your stance and your grip and all that is affecting your shooting, doesn't fucking matter. Here's the thing. We had we have a we had a, a cop in our in my department who had the most awkward shooting platform I've ever seen in my life. And was he a great shot? Hundreds. Yeah. During, yeah. Like, so even the, the training lieutenant said, I'm not gonna change a single yes. fucking thing he does because he's something's right with what he's doing. Let him keep doing it. <laughs> Let him keep doing as it. As long as he can do it under <laughs> yeah. stress and yeah. fucking all that. Exactly. That's the point of training. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing where where during training, fucking guys, you know as well as I do, out on the range, they hate it, hate it, hate it when you call them out and trying to fix their fucking grip or do whatever. And they're like, oh, well, you know, that, that's, that's the way I've always done it. Well, fuck you then. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're doing it wrong. You're not going to get the instructor's attention if you're fucking shooting great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'll get the attention, but they won't bother you. Well, <laughs> well, me, I, I flip it a little. If you're shooting well, yeah. you're not shooting, you're not trying hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. Yeah, you're not, yeah. That's get the thing. It. So to, to us, like we say it at SWAT, um, we train at the range or tactics, whatever. We train at 110%, which means like we are moving, right? Yep. When we're shooting. Now, when we hit that wall, right? We're like, oh, my, now my shooting's all a little bit getting all over the place. Let's back it to 90%. Okay, we're at 90%. Now let's go back to 100%. Yep. You know, we feel good. All right, back to 100. Now back to 110. Find your, where, you, again, the training's all about uncomfortable. If you're training and you're comfortable, you're doing it wrong. It, well, think about the basics. In a situation where you're ambushed or in a shit situation, you're not going to be comfortable. No, no, that's the thing. You're not going to call time out. Yeah, hold, Ron, on. hold on, hold on. Let me get my gun out. This is why I hated during like, even back to basics to the academy where they yep. would do cuffing drills and all that stuff. And like the guy would resist just a little bit. And you're like, nobody's going to ever fucking resist like that. No, like fight it out. Fight man. it, right, <laughs> right. And then yeah. when, when you put like the red man outfits and shit like that, or I remember my best DT in the academy was when we got sprayed. Yeah. And you had to fight an instructor. Here's it was all out. Here's the thing. My my favorite, like when I, when I was in heavy in the martial arts and I was a cop and I was training all the time and, you know, I've trained since I was fifth grade in the martial arts and my best training that my uh, sensei would do is he'd put on the chest pads yeah. and, uh, you know, where I punch and, and, you know, the mitts and it would be three, three minute rounds with one minute break. God damn, did he yeah. work me. Man, he would grab me by the head, fucking start kneeing me, and I'm really like, well, and, and he probably like, wasn't at full force either. Oh no, 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 yeah. he, no, he. Uh, it was enough force that he, when he smacked me outside the head, I felt it. You, it made it real. <laughs> it made it real, yeah. you know. And and that's the thing, though, dude. After the first round, I'm like, and he had me with my gun belt. He had me like at the time when I was a patrol. Hey, yeah. dress, put your gun belt on how you would at work. You know, he gave me the right gun to put in the holster. That's awesome. Like that right there is realistic training. That is what should be done. Little bit of a hint to future trainings coming yes, out. Yes, <laughs> yes. Little, little plug, <laughs> shameless plug. I'll call shameless it shameless plug. Yeah. So, uh, so let's get back into this study a little bit. So, um, it is known that how quickly an officer can fire a gun once his finger, his or her finger, is on trigger, even when he or she is faced with a complex decision, uh, complex decision to shoot or not shoot. Unfortunately, one key piece of information that is missing in the analysis of an officer-involved shooting is the amount of time it takes officers to move the, their weapon 
from whichever location may be in to a firing position while officers are taught numerous ready positions and fin finger indexing positions. Little to no research has examined the amount of time it takes officers to react and move from them. Imagine that. There is no research, really. They started the research. Wait, but is this study only done from outside the holster? From the holster all the way out. Wait, what you just said means it... it no, I think that contradicts what you just said. So it goes from whichever location... So it takes officers to move their weapon from whichever location it may be... Into in, the firing position. Into a firing Bro, position. I think that's out the holster. Yeah, so, okay. So that's outside the holster. Uh, well, again, we're not dogging them. They're doing exceptional work, well, but they need to get from inside the oh, holster. Hold on. They, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. They wanted to see their main function for this study only, for this study only, mm. is finger indexing and where you put your finger, does that matter? So they're, they're really aggregating a lot of good data. Yep. So they're starting, so they're starting, they, they do have studies, which I, I'll, uh, you know, we'll do that at a later show. They do have studies from when you're at the holster all the way out to shooting. They do have those studies. That's probably in this one too, but first, uh, you know, it could be you just getting so, ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> what, what I'm trying to see and, and especially give it out to the guys and girls listening is that the, like a lot of the data is being compartmentalized and broken down well, in a very thing, good I mean, way. I mean, the, to, from the, again, the most minute. Yeah. Detail. Where's your finger and does that matter on the firearm? If does that make you quicker or slower? Right. To get your finger on and the trigger. And even when you look at the pictures, it's yeah. it's showing, you know. Yeah. Like I never in my mind ever realized that there could have been a wrong way where I was indexing. Well, here's the thing. So the first most basic position officers learn from their firearms training is where to index or place their finger outside the trigger. Well, when, when handling their gun to minimize risk of uh, accidental discharges, uh, it is uh, the uh, they're theorized by law enforcement officers that placement of index finger on the handgun has a direct influence on finger movement time. Uh, yeah, on finger movement time and the and then the speed of the trigger pull to complete uh, uh, trigger pull completion or weapon discharge time. So this is. It's really interesting, I've been. You know yeah. why? I've been on for almost fucking 20 years. I've never once been conscious of where I'm indexing. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this right here, and it's got, yeah. guys, just so you know, it's got four pictures on there, right? One's got, like, the index finger all the way up on the slide, like, by the ejection port, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The other one's across the two, which I think I'm like that. There's another like one that's that. over the trigger um, guard. Yep. You're like, what, this one? Yeah, I'm like that one, yeah. yep. So I think I'm like that, but th there's a the thing. Yeah. I don't know, and- I don't have my pistol on me right now. I kind of wanted to try it out to yeah. see what's amazing about this is that people listening to this, I'm going to see if we can copy that and yeah. post it somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if 90% of cops are aware. I don't think so. Um, because here's the thing. They go, they go on to say, uh, based on, based off of author experience, which is Dr. Lewinsky and observation of law enforcement firing arms training, there are four finger indexing positions that are predominantly taught and practiced by officers. The index, which we went over the, the four of them that, that are on the picture. And, um, while it is argued that by some law enforcement professionals that positions uh, are considered uh, uh, certain positions are considerably faster for shooting, it is speculated that the risk of unintentional discharge may be greatly increased yeah. depending on the position, which is interesting, right? Um, 
so they move on to actually, uh, oh, they do have, uh, looks like they have pictures of the holster, right? Where he brings it out and uh, looks like he unholsters and then. No, 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 no. Right. I, I think it? he's at the tactical ready the entire time. Oh, okay. Time. Tactical ready. Okay. All right. He looks like, yeah, tactical ready and high ready, it looks like. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yep. Have you ever seen this? I've never seen this, but there's a reason why they probably put it there because they've probably seen it. It's a guy literally, yeah, it's a yeah. guy literally holding it up to the roof, but yeah. okay, go now, on. I'm sure they've probably seen it. That's why they included it in their study. So, so again, it's, it's not like, so it's not like they're making these uh, uh, things up. They went and observed yeah. various academies, yeah. law enforcement training to see the different positions. So the position officers take when approaching a potentially threatening situation is one of the most arguably influential aspects to the speed of their reaction and their ability to defend themselves. So, uh, according to Adams, McTerranen, and Rams, uh, Remsburg, officers should draw their weapon if they have reason to believe a deadly force situation may occur, as it is implied that drawing from a holster is likely to take the longest time for any uh, of the reactions officers could have, which is true. Yeah. Once their weapon is drawn out of the holster, officers are trained to take one of numerous ready positions to tactically prepare for a possible deadly threat, which those are the pictures that, that they went over. So while it's not, uh, so the high, that's what it is, high, high guard position. That's what they call that, yeah, that yeah. one all the way up. Commonly used in Hollywood to depict officers approaching threatening situation. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, yeah. Uh, is trained in and used in the United Kingdom. Interesting. Okay. The high guard position is generally used as a safer position than high or low ready when officers are surrounded by others. Interesting. Yeah. So they're up here. That is interesting. Okay. So it is, so that's why they probably include it in their study. Do you buy, buy just... Uh, out of curiosity, do you high carry your rifle? Uh, it depends where I'm at. Okay. Depends if I'm upstairs and guys downstairs. downstairs okay. High. Right. It depends. It I only depends. I only learned that. I'll put it to you this way. Talking about training. Yeah. And you know, thinking that you're the shit when you're not, and then learning shit. I was on I was on SWAT for what a decade. I only learned how to do that differently about five years in. Oh no shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it, it, but it was one. I'm not dogging any of yeah, our instructors. Yeah, yeah, no, it was no. one of those things where I think we brought on a a. a a Navy operator. That's who does it. It's the, they, it's the, they, okay. it's the Navy. Yeah. That's, that's who does and it. And I think he was kind of, again, he was very like, Hey guys, I'm not telling you how, but this is maybe a way you should think about it. And we were all like, what? Here's the thing. Oh. So, so the argument was that was you're faster from the high ready to Bring, shoot. Yeah. But here's the thing. They actually did a study on that, which we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Which one's faster. Interesting. Well, we'll, 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 uh, that'll be a later time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Actually, it's funny. There's the shotgun right there where they're at the high ready and, yeah. and, and low ready. So so they did it with a shotgun. But uh, so anyway, so they go into a lot into how they got some of the numbers. They did four different tests. It's it's pretty complicated with the numbers. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to skip pretty much to uh, where their numbers, uh, the, the, the graph of the numbers. All right. So. Now, if you look at the average, right, yep. from contact time to fire time, right? So they're talking position A, which I believe was the tactile ready. Um, so from the moment you contact the trigger to the moment the trigger gets pulled, it's 0.18 milliseconds. Fire time. Yep. Fire time, right? B, 0.17 for the fire time. 
Uh, B is the, uh, looks like just over the trigger guard. Over the trigger guard, but it looks like you're gripping the trigger yeah, guard. Yeah, it looks your, like you're yeah. gripping, yep. Uh, C is uh, 0.19, which is that right along the uh, rail. Right. Uh, D is indexing over the top there uh, towards the ejection port. Yeah, you're finger fucking the ejection port. Yeah, you're, that's 0.25. And the high ready, 0.25. Now, it's, it's interesting to note that that stuff is with no aim. Yes. So you're firing without aiming. Now, without aiming. Now, this aim, is what blows my mind. Yeah, ready? To aim. When you're at uh, position A, so finger just outside the trigger guard. Yeah. Fire time. By the time you get to the trigger to fire, and, and actually fire, 0.5, half a second. So you go from 0.18 to half a second. Wow. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, it's because dude. here's the thing, because now you're adding the stimuli in the mind from what the eye sees as the target yeah. to now actually, okay, to engage the target takes you about a half a second. B, slightly quicker, where you're gripping the trigger guard, 0.47 milliseconds, slight quicker. This blows my mind. Look at what we do. C. Yeah, I was... This blows my mind. 0.61 milliseconds. It's the highest. It's the highest. It's even higher than fucking the high ready. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> high ready is 0.60. Talk about taking a cop with 20 years and making him self-conscious a little bit. Yeah. Wow. You know, so the the average, now they did like an overall average for everything, you know? So yeah. mostly they, they were 0 0.3, 0 0.26, 0 0.32, 0 0.42, 0.39. So at a different position, you were just within just under half a second to a quarter of a second. Guys, I want to clarify. This is, this is just finger index positions. It's not about your carry. No. It's just where your finger... Is yeah, it's not wow. at the holster. Yeah, it's not coming from the holster. Now, it's, I'm going to be very cautious about this next time I go to the range. You want to test it because now yeah. because when I when I saw this, I actually the next time we go to the range, I want to test that outside the trigger guard versus uh, along the slide. But seeing seeing this picture, right guys, it's a four it's like a four page uh, four picture like graph almost, yeah. right? The one where his finger is finger fucking the ejection port. When you look at that's what D D when you look at that, 57, it's doing better than the what you would think is the norm. Yeah. Right? And it's just right around the other ones, too. Well, yeah. you, you would think if you saw somebody doing that, yeah. you'd be like, the fuck? But no. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is really interesting, Iman. Yeah, no. I mean, here's the thing. There's another table. And in this research, guys, you can go on uh, forscience.org, and they have so much, I mean, .com, they have so much research. And you guys really, as firearms instructors and, and trainers and even law enforcement as a whole, you, you all need to read these studies that they do because they, as you can tell, they are very um, thorough. Thorough. Wow. Right? So look at low ready to high ready on the shotgun positions at the bottom. A movement time results for tactical ready positions at the very bottom. So that's you and me talking about high ready, low yeah, ready. Yeah. Which yep. one's faster? Look at the times between both. You're talking about shotgun position yeah, here? So low ready and high ready. <laughs> the max was uh, 1.35 seconds at the low ready. Minimum was about half a second. High ready, 1.15 to point. Six five is the minimum. So they they did an average of, you know, who got the longest to get the trigger going, 
between, and then this is uh, also with the aiming. So they, they factor both. Look at how terrible regular port did. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think that might answer your question about high ready, low ready, even with the rifle. Yeah. You know, I know this is a shotgun, but that might, that might. It could be very similar. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. So hang on position. Ready? From the holster. It's in that table. You were asking about the holster, whether they tested it. They did. Holster. Ready? This is how, how, uh, again, their in-depth analysis. Weapon on target finger is indexed. Yeah. All right. Max uh, 1.36 seconds to 0.25 minimum. All right. For speed. Now, weapon on target. So they're already on the target. They're lasered in, and then they they get the command to fire. Look, they go all the way down to, like, belt tuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, even because undercover. Weapon in bootleg. Yeah, undercover stuff, right? Weapon on target, finger on trigger. Now you're on the trigger. 0.96, just under a second, to 0.20. Much faster because you're on target, you're already lasered, all that stuff. Yeah. Weapon on target, fi- uh, finger indexed, three-round burst. So you're shooting one, two, three. It goes from 1.43 uh, seconds to 0.15. I mean, you got some fast shooters uh, that do 1, uh, 0.15 in, uh, in the shoot. So, again, but they, here's the thing. They take elite shooters to basic shooters yeah. and get an average. Here's the clear. There's a clear, consistent number that looks like it's the worst. Weapon and holster snapped. Yeah, weapon and holster snapped. That's the longest. It's, it yeah. took everything. 2.93 seconds. Yeah. And 1.2. So an officer so on his shooter. best shooter yeah. is still a, se- a second and a quarter. And what did we say about when the bad guy's sitting in a car to shoot at an officer takes him 0.23? Yeah, yeah. Just, a quarter just of a second. quarter of a second to get that. So you get that, right? And now you got to factor in unsnapping your holster to get your firearm out. You're, you're already behind. You're already behind. So... So, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, right? Dude, I'm floored. I am floored by all this. Yeah. We have to include this shit in our trainings. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's the thing, you know, thing to think about. So, I mean, in the end, the primary purpose of this study that they did was to understand and examine movement speed from various holster types and uh, finger indexing positions, as well as, as well as how quickly an officer can fire his or her weapon from various starting positions. By better understanding the influence of these factors on the speed at which officers can fire their weapons, officers and law enforcement trainers may be able to improve rapidly response techniques to deadly force situations. That's the thing. I mean, that's the key right there on on this type of study and to really look at law enforcement training. Really look at it. And and it's 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 incumbent on all of us to include from the chiefs on down to look at these things and see why why it happens that way. Like because again, they go in depth. Like I'm not going into their in-depth explanations and sure, stuff because sure. it's a lot. Uh it's a lot to digest. And it will be an entire, listen, we, we, we spend three, four hours on, on, on uh, zoom calls at, in, during the class, just talking about this, Yeah, yeah. you know, because it's, it's just so complex, but at the same time makes, makes sense. If it, go, it goes back to remember what one of we were, you've, we've done an episode on it. You've done um, <clears throat> articles on it. We were just talking about it with the last guy that we just uh, think about ego. A lot of the times experts mm-hmm. get outdone 
and they hate getting outdone yep. by new experts. Yep. Right. <clears throat> and the ego falls into it for a lot of these chiefs and and commanders and all that stuff who take their experience and think they're doing the best for their department. Yep, exactly. They refuse to look at information like this. And I'm not saying that this information is gospel. It's a part of the gospel though. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I would think, and you know who we should ask about it is Freddie Leland. Cause he's a great leader. Oh yeah. 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 I would think that you would want your trainers or, or, or your, even your deputy chiefs, depending on the, uh, how the, how the department is uh, structured to look at this information. Yes. And tell your trainers, can you articulate, can you give, you know, any data from our guys as to how it relates to this? Yeah. Do you if think you, any, do you think any department has actually tested their officers to see where the average is for an, uh, for unholstering and fuck no, <laughs> you know, do you, I mean, that's the thing that, they, that all that, they care about is, is recording the range time on the sheet that they can give to city hall. Yeah, and and you're qualified, yeah, yeah. not proficient, right. qualified. And I and I'm actually working on an article, a new article called uh, proficient. Uh, you know, uh, is is qualification proficiency, which obviously it's not. But I'm going to get into some of those uh, issues uh, in law enforcement where a qual is a qual. To me, a qual is qual. It's bullshit. Yeah. It doesn't tell me shit about what you know and what you whether you're proficient or not on your firearm. That doesn't tell me shit. And I think I gave you the example, like in the army, when we had to, when we get tested on our weapons, it's a set time from the nine mil all the way up to the most comp, you know, whatever our unit has for complex weapons. You know, we're time to take them apart, put them back together, functions check, all that shit. That is proficiency. Yeah, that right there from the basics, right from the very basics. We have guys that went to uh, the academy, and they didn't never even got patrol rifle training when they came back. And we had our annual, uh, our, our semi, uh, well, biannual uh, uh, quals. We were like, "Hey, you guys didn't do any rifle training? No, no, we didn't. Like, what? No, my my department still doesn't do it. I'm like, but but for us, like our, every <laughs> every patrol car has a rifle. Every patrol no, not me. officer. Well, that's that's the thing. Every officer, like in in my city, every officer has a has a patrol rifle. But to us, it was like, oh, that's an issue. I know. We had to uh, we had to ha- have a separate class just for them, um, like a six hour day of weapon familiarization, learning about the AR and all that shit. But to me, even six hours is not enough. I mean, fuck. In the army, it was two weeks of basic rifle marksmanship. Two weeks. Bro, I did 10 fucking years of carrying a rifle every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would shoot two, three times a month, and mm-hmm. I was, still was learning. Even and to this I day. I get it. That's well, an extreme, but. Yeah. But no, I'm still learning. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's a profession that you continually learn. And that's the thing. So so today I was in a class, and and uh, there was a great um, thing that uh, the class kind of, he started, the way he started, so it was a criminal procedure constitutional law class, uh, just the updates uh, in the state and yeah, in the country. Yeah, I got those too. Yeah. So um, he was talking about, so he posted a, uh, or actually showed a YouTube video of this uh, judge. I forgot out of where, but he was basically thanking law. Oh, it was at LAPD. It was at the LAPD uh, Academy uh, gr- getting ready to graduate. So they had a judge uh, talk to the class. And he basically said that, you know, the professional law enforcement has so much education to re-education where you have to keep up with the changes. Yeah. To him, he said that, law enforcement have to continually train more than doctors, more than uh, some other, prof- you know, high profile professions because 
things change for us on a daily, Constantly hourly evolving. basis, which is 100% accurate. So here's the thing. Why are not are we not evolving our firearms training? Why are we not evolving our human performance training? Why are we not evolving like that? Elephant in the room. You want me to tell you why? All right, go. Nobody fucking cares. Well, yeah. Right? Well, that's the obvious. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to do the work. They just want to go fucking home. Am I wrong? No, that's the 80-20. <laughs> that's the 80-20 right there. Here's the thing. Whenever I go, I get to the range, right? I'm about to teach, you know, I'm about to do firearms uh, training, whatever. The fucking first question I get is, hey, what time are we out of here by? I'll, I'll make an admission. Last time I went to the range, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know why? Because nobody gave a fuck. Well, here's the thing. When, when you only have four hours to fucking do training, I, there's not much I can do with four hours. Four hours? I had like a half an hour. And I remember, and I'm not dogging anybody, but nobody gives a fuck. So that's why I was like, what am I going to give a fuck for? Yeah. If I'm going to go be proficient, I'm going to go do it on my own time. Yeah. No, well, that's the thing. Like for me, I'm, I'm fortunate I'm still on SWAT and I get to yeah, shoot yeah. all yeah. the time. So Different mindset. Different but- mindset. And for me, uh, if there's even guys on SWAT team that even shoot. On their own, like like I told you, we have a we have one of our farm instructors SWAT. He's a, he's a competitive shooter. Yeah. He's always shooting. Yeah. And for me, I like going to the range myself on my off time, and I like to throw some rounds down range and practice certain maneuvers and movements and shit like that at the police range. Yeah. Because you know what, I need to keep the, my shit up. I need to keep, and it also helps me with my weapons check. It makes me make sure that my weapons functioning properly. Because you know what, God forbid that I have some major malfunction down the road because I didn't pick up on something when I was training. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that all this data that we're looking at today, you've obviously read this before I did, has it changed anything that you've done at the range? Yes. I mean, here's the thing. So, so our SWAT team as a whole, a uh, bunch of guys did this for science analyst course and some other human performance courses and stuff like that. A lot of our training has now geared towards that. Oh, really? Yes. It's, it's actually very interesting now because even when we do entries, like for example, we, we did an entry uh, the other day we had training hostage rescue. We did a dual entry. Um, you know, one of the sides was supposed to be breach and hold. My side was primary, um, you know, hostage rescue you shit went downhill, whatever, whatever. So we had to go in. Um, so I was number two at the door. Number one was my buddy, Chris. He was the first one through, got under fire, took down the, uh, the terrorist, uh, the role player terrorist. So he went down now, unbeknownst to us, the team on the other side, the breach and hold team also came into contact. Oh, they shot the guy, except the guy went down, but then got back up and ran into another bedroom. <laughs> That can here's a it's here's very the realistic. That's very realistic, yeah. and that scenario was je- engineered to be that way. And, ju- and let me guess, just introduced, just introduced. Yeah. So what ended up happening is the breach and hold. They made entry because now they have a terrorist running into a bedroom, unknown if there's a hostage in there. We need to go get him. So the question was, hey, with human performance, what happened there? Like we were asked that. Yeah. I'm like. God damn, that's a hard question. Yeah. Because again, like you know, as well as I do, when you're in that fog of war, that that, you know, you're you're in that automatic mode sort yeah, of yeah, doing yeah. your thing. Now you gotta replay, which is very difficult. Yeah. Dude. Your movements. And now to like try that. to explain it. So they're kind of given given us kind of like to prep the explanation piece for yep. when we 
launch rounds downrange as to why exactly. What is it that we saw? So another example is I did an entry, the um, training entry. Uh, it, all the information was one suspect, arrest warrant, search warrant. You know, just a typical warrant. No one else, like they made sure there was nothing, no dogs, no kids, no nothing, nothing, nothing. one suspect, that's it. Yeah. Oh, all right. So easy hit, fucking go get them. And, and that's it. Hit the door. I was first one through the door. We, you know, flashbang, bang. I go in, the guy has his back to me. So <laughs> he's facing uh, a desk in front of him. Turns around. He has a knife in his hand. Doesn't walk towards me. Walks diagonal to, diagonal to me, goes into a bedroom. Talk about switching it up. My selection went from safe to fire. Yeah. But then when I saw that movement, yeah. okay, there's no danger. Click I back. went back to safe. Yeah. Went into the room. I called barricade yeah. because there was nobody it's a 99. else. Uh, yeah, it's a barricade. Barricade subject. Yeah. Done. Okay, index. I mean, why did you call that? I had to think. Right. Well, I didn't, I, and they heard my selector go. They're like, hey, we heard you, you know, your selector go to fire. And then you went back. Why? Why? But because there was no danger. He wasn't walking towards me. He was walking diagonal to me. I, I trained my gun on him, yelling commands, hey, put the knife down, put the knife down, put the knife down. But he just went into a room. I love the fact that you guys are training that way. But but again, though, that's that's the training that should have always been done. Right. Yeah. Because here's the thing. You know the speed of SWAT, right? Some These scenarios can like that. Yeah. You know, you, as soon as you make entry, it's like a very fast, dynamic type uh, mission, especially if it's a standard warrant, you know, dynamic entry. We're not using shields. We're just going in after the guy. Yep. Um, everything has to be taken into account from the moment we step off to the moment we hit the door till after. So every little thing we need to analyze on why something happened, which that's what force science is all about with human performance. They not only look at just the shooting. All right. What did the officer do yesterday? Like, let's start there. They don't want to know anything about the case. So when you hire some, a it's company like just Force the Science, physics. that's all they want. They don't want to know about the case. They don't want to know about a thing. All they want to know, all they want to see is camera footage, blah, 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 blah. They don't care about anything else. But their main focus is what led up to this. What are the human factors that led up to the shooting? Let me ask you a question. Yeah. You say the human factors. Yeah. Why don't they want, and this is just not a suggestion, but I'm just, I'm shooting the shit with you here. Why don't they want to know about the case? Because, and this is why I say this, you're going after a target that you, you tell your operators, you're in a, you're in a, a gun car or you're in a squad, yep. right? And yep. you tell your operators, there's a target. He just went in that house. He's just killed six people, four kids. I think you're going to respond to that a tiny bit differently than you're going after a target that just pointed a gun at somebody and stole their wallet and ran into that building. So- the, what I'm trying to say is the yeah. emotional aspect exactly. has a, an effect on your physicality. So just to kind of elaborate on what they mean by they don't want to know anything about the case, their main focus is that officer. What was he feeling? What was the information he or she had? But do they get into the feeling? Oh, they do. Okay. It's, it's okay. Not a, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So when I say they don't care about the case, they don't want to know at, you know, three weeks ago, we started a narcotics investigation and blah, blah, blah. Like ah, they, don't, they don't care about that. They don't, it. they don't want to know. Got it. That's, they're not there for the case. They're there for the shooting and that's it. So they want to know the human factors that led to the shooting. 
the emotion. What did you eat? How much sleep did you get? Yeah. All the way. Because, I mean, example they gave is like NTSB, right? When they do a, uh, a, uh, a um, airline. airline accident, yep. they want to know everything every the second. pilot did from the moment they woke up to the moment they got into the plane, from every button they pushed, yeah. all the way to when the plane crashed. Because they want to know the human factors that led to that unfortunate the end result. The end result. So whether it's emotion, whether it was drugs, alcohol, what they want to know everything. That way they can do a full comprehensive report, which is that's what companies like Force Science do. Is that that's what they want to know? What did that officer have? What did that officer have in his mind? Emotions, whatever that led to that shooting. And then once that shooting happens, they are going to dissect frame by frame every movement that officer and the suspect did that it just, it's, it's, it's very in depth. It, it just, well, it shows you, look at like, look at this, these studies that just blew my mind. Yeah. It's, it's very, 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 wow, very, man. very in depth. And, and even they admit, here's the thing they admit as the current study. So the limitations of the study. As the current study of one of the first investigative studies of its kind, there are limitations that exist in the research. So they even admit, like, listen, this is not 100% right now because no one has done this type of study before. Talk about real. Yeah. The largest limitation was that not all tests were performed in part two due to time constraints within the participating officer's schedules. Yeah. Talk about real. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. these, these are peer-reviewed uh, studies by other doctors. So they, they make sure that, that, you know, so, so it, I mean, here's the thing. Additionally, they write only one police department was tested for this research in part two, while the experience and specific training offered by that department may have influenced the abilities of, of officers. Follow-up investigation with multiple departments may be used to aid in the verification of the results of this study. The lack of information on shooting accuracy in correlation to movement times and information on draw times from specific holsters are also limitations. So they, they, they admit to the limitations yep. even. Yep. So they're not saying this is 100% uh, the study. This is real science. This bro. is real science. This is, again, this is the real, this is real deal science. This isn't fucking pseudo expert on CNN and Fox yeah. News yeah, exactly. giving us their opinions. This exactly. is real science. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's, uh, <sighs> hopefully your mind got blown and you're not going to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> well, I'm not sleeping anyway because I'm working. So. <laughs> you mean I'm not sleeping tomorrow morning when I come home? Yes. Wow, man. I'm in, this is really good shit, dude. Like I said, we got to get everybody involved in this stuff. We're doing our part. We're going to, you know, we're going to be introducing certain things out yeah. there, but we got to get at the very least chiefs and trainers and everybody involved in this shit. Yeah. 100%. <sighs> God, I love it. <laughs> Guys, we love you. Thank you for listening to us. Check us out on projectsapiens.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you for listening to us. Thanks to our supporters. Thanks to our listeners. We love you. Stay safe. Stay sapient. Stay sapient.